Solara Star is a UK-based advanced law of attraction teacher trainer, coach, public speaker, and leading wellness expert. She will share life-changing wisdom about the law of attraction and how you can use this powerful universal law to build a foundation for bigger and bolder manifesting results. It is time to create the life you deserve, and with Solara's help, you will. And a very, very warm welcome to Manifesting Made Easy. Today, we're going to be talking about how to harness positive energy and manifest abundance with self-regulation. I am Solara Starr, your law of attraction coach and spiritual mentor, and I help you master your manifestations and your life, which means no more chasing, no more forcing. It really is time to own your power and unleash that incredible master manifester within you. So today we're going to be exploring the powerful principles of the law of attraction, of course, and do a little bit of a deeper dive into the significance of self-regulation and calibrating our nervous system and why that works so well with the law of attraction. So through a really beautiful, insightful conversation with a very dear friend of mine, uh, Alex, which I'll introduce properly in a moment, we're going to be sharing some information, wisdom, practical tips and tools as we unlock the secrets to harnessing positive energy, manifesting abundance and cultivating emotional well-being. So Alexandra and I will be having a conversation and talking about the navigation of uh, the intersection of the law of attraction mastery, as well as emotional resilience and, of course, the limitless possibility of our human spirit. So Alexander has a background in psychology, yoga, psychedelic integration and coaching, and is an all round absolutely awesome person. She helps people get to know themselves better in the most beautiful, kind, compassionate way. She also helps them organize their lives, create visions for the future um, through trauma-informed coaching. And she really knows what she's doing and studies with Gabor Mate. For those of you who haven't had a chance to take a look at some of his work, he is incredible and one of mine and Alex's favorite teachers. But also Alex is one of the most creative people I know. And she also creates soul-crafted journals to improve product activity don't we all need a little bit of that in our lives but also creating action plans and to help live intentionally so Alex my darling a very very warm welcome I feel very excited to have you here and um, thank you for dialing in all the way from Australia how are you today oh hey Solara thank you so much for the most beautiful introduction ever it's such an honor to be on your podcast and I'm so so excited to to have this conversation with you today I'm so excited to have you here. Just before we kind of logged on today, we were chatting away with all the limitless possibilities that, of things that we <laughs> to you. So we're going to do our best to kind of keep on topic and concise because the information that Alexander has, we met together, uh, sorry, we met on a psychedelic integration coach training course. And I have to say, we kind of bonded straight away and we both uh, have a lot to share on that front. But just to recap mm -hmm. the introduction, the law of attraction is based, as we know, on the principle that our thoughts and emotions, I'm going to really highlight the word emotions there with regards to our topic today, create our reality. As one of my favorite manifestation teachers says, feeling first, manifestation second. That's why it's really important to understand feelings uh, on all the different uh, spectrums in order to help create uh, a, a powerful force field uh, to 
help make the law of attraction much more powerful in our lives. So the law of attraction suggests that we have the ability to attract positive or negative experiences based on our thoughts and emotions. So self-regulation techniques are a really valuable tool that can assist with aligning and igniting our energy field, but also help with our thoughts and emotions and our desires. And of course, consequently enhancing our ability to manifest positive outcomes. So Alexander, this is where I'm gonna bring you in. You mentioned Gabor has one of the most beautiful ways to describe uh, self-regulation. I'm gonna hand over to you for this part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, something I've listened to recently because I've been uh, listening to one of his books, Scatter Minds, which is basically all about ADHD uh, and ADD. And he just describes self-regulation as you feel the emotions, but you don't act on them necessarily. Being happy doesn't necessarily mean showing up as euphoric. Being angry doesn't necessarily mean yelling at your kids or, you know, I don't know, smashing a wall or whatever. So you acknowledge how you feel, but you don't have to act it out. So to me, that that created a really clear definition of what that is. I absolutely love that. And what a powerful definition. And I think that's the difference that makes the difference as to whether we go down the old roads of reactivity and create the old and same mm -hmm that we want to move away from or whether we create that kind of it's almost like an interception isn't it and it takes a bit of practice right but I've just got an mm -hmm. example that I would really love to share with you based on what you've said it's um it's quite inspiring actually a friend of mine left a message this morning and she said oh you'd be so proud of me I managed to kind of overcome my reactivity my son he went to go and run me a bath and he kind of you know put some bath salts and everything in it was really sweet but the bath overran and created the most horrendous flooding in the house. And oh, she told me would have been really reactive. And, you know, what do you think you're doing? And, you know, would have kind of like told him off. She said, but I was able to connect to his beautiful intention behind what he did. She said, I was still able to feel the feelings of frustration and, you know, all of this now um, cleaning up that we had to do. She said, but I was able to regulate in that moment through some of the self-regulation tools that I've taught her over time. And she was able to come with him, come to him with love. And that is helping her heal her relationship with him where it happened has been a little bit reactive in the past yeah how powerful is that's that? it that, that's it and and Gabor also talks about how failure of internal regulation is when you do act automatically without catching yourself it's as if someone pressed the button and you react so yeah. it's the opposite of purposely uh it's a practically being dependent on the circumstance or on external uh, stimuli so yeah. yeah, that was a perfect example of what it is like, oh, I would have normally done that, but I'm going to acknowledge his intention and act differently. And I think that takes like, you know, kind of cultivating awareness and, you know, wanting to create closer bonds and wanting to a lot of people, you know, when it comes to law of attraction, want to get, you know, use the law of attraction to create closer connections and attract love and abundance. And of course, we can't really do that unless we learn to self-regulate. Mm -hmm. Now, we will mm -hmm. come to 
um, some different techniques. But I think it's really important to realize, to, to sorry, state more than anything before we go into the techniques themselves, that they are so effective in influencing, sorry, in, influencing, so that word sounds weird today, the law of attraction, you know, as they really do impact on a very physical level. So this is a bit of the science stuff, the nervous system, you know, which in turn then completely affects our energy field. So when our nervous system is in a, in a positive space, we're in that kind of relaxed parasympathetic nervous system and we're regulated, we raise our vibration and we expand our energy field. And this contributes to a more harmonious and positive interaction with the universe. And I know that this mm -hmm. is something that's particularly um, you know, of interest to you too. And we did do a course, didn't we? Do you want to share what you what we shared before we came on um, the live recording with mm -hmm. the session we had? Yeah, so we talked a lot about the difference between being in a sympathetic and parasympathetic uh, nervous system state, basically, because often the sympathetic is more of the fight or flight response and the parasympathetic is the rest and digest you know when we relax when we restore when we recover and because of the the stress we go through on our day-to-day -day lives now with the speed of life and the amount of information we consume and the amount of tasks we have to deal with every day most of us are kind of stuck in this sympathetic state our our, our nervous system is constantly fighting threats as if a bear is actually attacking us, but it's not. Even looking at our inbox, going through our email creates that anxiety. So we do need to cultivate and practice on a day-to-day, -day, like those practices that will bring us back to balance, back to that recover uh, parasympathetic state, basically. So some of the... So, yes. Yeah. So... These practices uh, would definitely be mindfulness practices, yoga, breathing, um, soothing touch, music, music that relaxes us, uh, something like Tibetan bowls, uh, something like that. Um, then there's all this biofeedback, biohacking devices these days, like the uh, Apollo uh, thing that you're wearing right now, <laughs> which yes, I noticed yeah. before. <laughs> I love what you what you're saying here, Alex, because you know what you were mentioning about the sympathetic nervous system. It's really understanding the two parts of the nervous system, and um, it has inspired me actually just to mention. I know I've mentioned it on some of my podcasts before, but the battle of the two wolves. So mm -hmm. the Native, Native American uh, grandfather's there with his grandson, and he says, "Son, there's a battle going on inside all of us. A battle between two wolves. One wolf mm -hmm. is stressed, full of guilt." full of anxiety, full of overwhelm, full of fear. The other wolf is full of peace and love and calm and tranquility and proactivity. And the little boy sits there for a little while and he says, grandfather, if this is battle, which wolf wins? And he says, my son, whichever one you feed. So what by what you're saying here is you using the metaphor of the battle of the two wolves, if we learn to feed our positive wolf, we activate the hormones associated with that part of our nervous system. So instead of the stress response, the cortisol, the adrenaline, the lactate, which just, um, it kind of like creates a really tight energy field and we stay in a very limited space of creation. 
Whereas if we are activating the parasympathetic nervous system, we've got the dopamine, we've got the serotonin, we've got the oxytocin. I know there's one more. Oh, can you remind, do you, do you know which one that is? Neuro I, uh, I think of that's ah. a, yeah, it's we're, that. We're, that has never been our favorite subject, has it? No. <laughs> there's endorphins as well. <laughs> exactly. Endorphins are good guys as well. We get them after working out and- Yes. Um, and it, it, what I love about the work you do, Alex, is you help people to, you know, practically implement these tools. So you were touching on some of the um, powerful tools. I'm wondering if we can just maybe take a little bit of a deeper dive into two or three of them, because I think there's so many out there, aren't there? You know, it's just like, well, yeah. where do we start? So um, I guess this is yeah. just thought partnership conversation because it's a bit of a chicken and an egg com you know conversation I guess where where would you start or where did you start when it came to self-regulation that's a really good question because I actually and that's really relevant because very recently a few days ago a client came to me asking how she can not she gets very angry to the point of rage and she will yell at customers and have fights with people. And she said, how can I experience the anger but not have to act it out? And, and this is where I had to say, well, you have to meditate. You cannot just rely on coaching sessions. And that's something I found myself saying to people very often. There's all these modalities. It's kind of like, I see it as a wheel, as a circle. Um, we, need for our healing journey we need to approach ourselves from different angles there's the physical it's so important to exercise in some way to move our body to dance to do yoga to shake things off to stretch it's important to eat nutritiously to sleep well uh, it's also important to meditate and experience ourselves in silence in stillness kind of gaining that third person perspective looking things from the at things from the outside and this is where i started actually it was meditation that got me to realize oh i'm not just what i see in the mirror i'm a soul re residing in my body and i'm energy inside and we're all energy and then i got into yoga uh, which was basically getting acquainted to that soul, that spirit of mind through the body and through the breath. And then it was psychedelics and then it was the breath. And, you know, later it became therapy and coaching modalities. So really we come, it's really important. That's what self-regulation is to me, to come back to a center, to come back to balance, to who you are, because you're not the reactivity. You're not whose circumstances make you to be you are this essence so you need to have a practice that whether that's meditation or yoga or breath work to me that those are my uh, and down regulate we can talk about the different types of, of breath work um but to me those are practices that allow me to come back to that center that baseline every day and think oh this is who i am and then I forget I, during the day and I come back to the day after my morning ritual and so on. I love everything that you've mentioned there. And it's just so rich with, you know, deeper conversations. And, you know, you mentioned that meditation was kind of, you know, like your staple and your kind of introduction to that kind of self-regulation. You know, mine was mindfulness. I find mm -hmm. that, you know, when I'm out and about and I can feel you know, the different sensations of, you know, the sun on my face and the wind in my hair and mm -hmm. I can 
sounds of the birds. It really relaxed my nervous system. And I did do a lot of work with meditation as well. I studied and qualified as a meditation and mindfulness instructor. And I, I did the course purposefully to make sure that I actually showed up for my practice because I knew that I was a little bit feral. You know, it's one of these people that I had to actually sign up for something in order to make sure that I really had that focus. And so meditation and mindfulness, they are such powerful uh, techniques on every level. They affect the mind, the body, the spirit. You know, with the from a law of attraction perspective, we, we're much more powerful. It helps us to be much more focused on our goals, you know, and 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 so much more. And you mentioned as well your yoga. I mean, I love those kind of physical practices, you know, the the mind, the body, the spirit, and the emotions. I think if we can in time, you know, build a container for ourselves that we show up for on a daily basis we can really contribute to um, overall well-being. And there can't be a more powerful state to be in when it comes to manifestation either. So, um, and again, that's a completely different podcast when it comes into, you know, to deep diving into all of those individual ones. What I really love is the conversation we also had about breathwork before we hit mm-hmm. the button and Alex and I were saying you know there's so many amazing things out there right now from Wim Hof to you know all sorts of different breathing techniques and it's something that we focused heavily on when we were doing our um, third wave psychedelic coach training too and I found that that made a massive difference to me but I felt more called to the breath work that was down regulated so in other words slow long deep breaths in and relaxing exhales and and um, slow breathing rather than the kind of upregulated. So I guess it's 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 really just a case of exploration, Alex. Would you say you know like and and really getting to know what feels right for you, and you know what leaves you feeling energized and more positive? Because I guess one size doesn't really fit all, does it? When it comes to this, yeah, absolutely. I think it, there are different types of breath work for different purposes i see the dynamic holotropic type breath work to be especially for people who don't want to try psychedelics they they find that scary to experience altered states of consciousness naturally because we can produce dmt naturally we can access these states naturally maybe not in such heightened state (laughs) but amplified basically but we can still go very deep within our psyche through breath work, but for people, but that's not the practical really thing to do. It can really get you high or pranayama as we, we, we would do in a yoga training. It's like a type of many types of breath work, for example. Um, but for day to day, if someone, for example, feels very stressed on a day to day, if they breathe very, their breathing is very shallow, they wake up with anxiety, their work is very stressful, then that kind of breath work might make it a lot more. So the, they need to downregulate instead. So that would be something like box breathing, you know, inhale for four, hold the breath for four, exhale for four, hold for four. And, and people could also experiment with different counts, say inhale for four, exhale for six. You don't have to hold. Inhale for three, exhale for seven, inhale for four, exhale for five. You can play with it and see what feels good to you. But like- just consciously exhale especially the exhalation normally needs to be a bit longer than the inhalation um and that that is a calming breath just to come come back into a yeah a more regulated state of being 
And I found that so helpful. I mean, I've got this app, which I'm third wave recommended. I don't know if you've got it as well. It's uh, the Othership app. Right, yeah. It is one of my favorite um, breathwork apps of all time. (laughs) Features on there are just absolutely But there's this one particular one, um, you know, many of the listeners know that it's been a really tricky navigation over the last couple of months with my daughter's partner, you know, passing away. And, you know, I've really had to call upon a lot of my self-care and self-regulation techniques. But I didn't have capacity to go into this big, massive container and, you know, do this huge breathwork just because my nervous system felt like it was pretty fried. So I needed a quick go to in those moments when. I was feeling overwhelmed or I was feeling anxious because trying to fit something bigger in to something that already felt quite overwhelming, um, which is something that I wouldn't mind picking your brains on in a moment, just felt too much. So there's this one particular one on there. It's um, it's a down-regulated breath work and it's only four minutes. And I tell you mm-hmm. what, when I was in this heightened state and I felt completely overwhelmed and everything felt like it was coming crashing in on me and my anxiety felt like fever pitch four minutes breathing um, for the count of um, six counts in six counts hold uh, I can't remember exactly what it is but something like that eight counts um, breathing out two counts etc etc you know the box breathing but you play with the amount of um, counts that you have I felt completely different afterwards and even though I've been doing this for you know so so many years it never ceases to amaze me just how these techniques can bring us from going into that cortisol that that adrenaline that lactate that flooding of those um, negative hormones into our system into completely self-regulated in such a short space of time which brings me on to asking the question I know that you you coach many people, you do a lot of trauma-informed work too. What would you say to somebody who they are completely overwhelmed with their routine, thinking about bringing anything extra in is just completely overwhelming. I always, you know, kind of go along the third wave, start low, go slow type thing. What is it that you yeah. your clients, if they want to start bringing in self-regulation techniques, but they already feel at full capacity, what would your advice to them be? I, I always start with physical health. If if your physical health, sleep especially, I, I always start with sleep. Um, if if your physical health is not taken care of, nothing is gonna stick on top. There we can't talk productivity and organization and tips and tricks and even like trauma healing. If you're not sleeping enough or if you're not actually restoring during sleep, if you wake up all the time, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, that is the first thing people need to take care of. As soon as that is taken care of, then nutrition and exercise. Like, you know, if you're eating shit, you're going to be thinking shit. (laughs) And I'm not saying you have pizza ever. Of course you can like, I, I splurge during the weekends. I don't feel like my life is restricted. But when I have at least five days when I know I'm I'm going to get my movement in, I know I'm going to eat the more or less right macros, my body and my mind feel like they, they function better. And that I don't know anyone who does the opposite and is still happy and healthy. Like it's just, that's why diet and, and exercise are talked about all the time. But sleep is not talked about as much. And and I feel like it's as important, if not more important than the rest. 
do you think again and it's really interesting because as you're talking it's really I'm getting quite excited over here actually I'm thinking oh my god there's just so much I'd like to talk about do you think that's like what you fuel your body with affects your sleep but the reason why I ask you that is um you know some of the listeners know uh, that you know in 2015 I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease I absolutely everything you say we could do a whole show on nutrition and the law of attraction for sure because my body was everything I was putting into my body uh, was basically really activating my um, sympathetic nervous system because my body was struggling to process it. I wasn't eating very well. I was, you know, on a on a diet which was just basically, you know, just to keep me alive rather than thriving more than anything. And it wasn't until I started to do a lot of work around the fuel I was putting into my body, which was then helping my nervous system to relax because it wasn't having to fight so hard. You know, like a lot of the sugar was making my adrenals crash and wheat at that point was making me feel very, very tired and very, very sluggish and gave me horrendous brain fog. And because my body had to work extra hard because it was not able to process the food as much, um, it was it was attributing and adding to my lack of sleep, my anxiety disorder. So I started noticing that when I started cleaning up that, my sleep started to improve. So I think it's kind of like all of these things, we have to work with them a little bit in tandem, don't you think? It's it's such an interesting conversation. Oh, absolutely. It's not, I had a friend who used to say, because um, he's a, a co- like a PT, a personal trainer, and many of his clients would say, when I get my emotional health basically together, I will start focusing on my health. And when I will, you know, get my health together, I will start. And he was like, you need to work on everything all at once. (laughs) And that's how, you know, that's how everything is taken care of. Yes. It's not when this, then that. It's like when you're working on yourself, you know, for sure. Everything you're saying is so, uh, for sure what we eat affects us massively. I mean, we make something exogenous, external, part of ourselves. Of course, it's going to affect us. It's the same with taking antibiotics or putting like natural versus non-natural creams on our face. And Many people will be very specific about that, like, oh, I don't wanna I don't want any chemicals on my I don't know face face cream. Um, but then what are you eating? That's right. You are putting your body through I don't know, soft drinks or whatever. So for sure, sugar is worse than oh my probably God. the worst. <laughs> I had a massive sugar addiction, actually, and um, I love chocolate. I do have a 70% yeah. and I, I just love it. It's just one of my things. But uh, periodically, I'll kind of say to myself, right, I'm just going to go three days without it, not to punish myself, not to, but just to show that actually, you know, I do have the willpower, I do have the determination. And I did it recently. I was like, right, I'm not going to have chocolate for three days. And in the past, it was like, oh, my God. But it was like it's learning to apply resistance to the things that aren't necessarily helping and again, mm-hmm. I could go on a massive, you know, we, we could just spend hours here. And I'd love to have you back on, um, Alex, at some point, because a lot of the stuff that you're touching on, you know, like with the nutrition, it does affect our energy field. And of course, you know, when we are feeling tired, when we're feeling sluggish, when we're feeling brain fog, we're adding to the pressure on our sympathetic nervous system just through what we are, you know, digesting you know, that it it can make the navigation of activating the law of attraction or activating our energy field to higher vibrational frequencies very, very challenging. So when it comes to the law of attraction, you know, there's so many, it's not just about the affirmations, it's not just about the visualizations, 
There is so much more to it. And what I particularly love about the work that you do, Alex, I love a lot about what you do. And Alex and I are going to be um, running a course together. So please keep an eye out because in the next few months, we're just working behind the scenes. We're going to be uh, sharing a little bit more about an eight-week container that um, to, you know, to help with all of the, the stuff that we're talking about on here and so much more. I'll leave it there for now just as we're, as we're building <laughs> Just kind of just adding that as a side note I think it's it's oh, I've lost my trail of thought now that's lovely isn't it <laughs> yeah but it's so important like predominantly you're here listening to this because you want to know how to become a master manifester and like I said it's not about the affirmations visualizations it's more there's so much more to it and what I love about what Alex has brought in today it's your mental health it's your emotional well-being it's your physical well-being and it's your, there's one more, what was the other one? And it's your spiritual essence, whatever that might be. So we do need to make sure that we visit all these camps, but it can feel overwhelming to start with. But I think a lot of the time we kind of intuitively know, okay, well, yeah, the, the, what, what Solara, what Alex has said today about, yeah, okay, I need to look at my nutrition or yeah, what Alex and Solara said today about, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm not giving myself that time to regulate my nervous system and maybe breath work would do me good. So it's, it's just about choosing one thing and running with that rather than trying to do everything at once, becoming overwhelmed and then feeling like you failed at it. Is that something that you would agree with or want to add anything to that, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I, of course, it might sound overwhelming. So start low and go slow, as we say with psychedelics and microdosing, but it really applies to everything. Um, one thing at a time, 1% better every day, as James Clear says, and I also coach people on, uh, or how can you be 1% better by the time of our next call next week? What can you do this week? You know, like you've done 1% progress. Yes. It doesn't have massive, even during our meditation, during grounding, it's like take a breath and and ground 1% more than the moment before. Just yeah. a tiny bit more present. That's all. That's all I need. You've done it. Great. Yes. Just and sit again, here. <laughs> here. So important. Uh, a dear friend of mine, she's been on a weight loss journey and She's done incredibly well, but she she found that she'd hit a little bit of a wall. She was doing this amazing intermittent fasting, which I'm a great fan of, by the way. And, you know, she was kind of like really running with it before Christmas because Christmas hits and everybody seems to get a little bit, you know, uh, out of sync with, you know, their routines, et cetera, et cetera. And she just said to me, she said, I just cannot get back on track no matter what I do. And I said to her, I said, well, the, the thing is, because you were doing so well with your intermittent fasting and you were able you know, to in a very healthy way, by the way, this is by no means any advice. You need to do a huge amount of your own research on this subject, which she did do. And because she had done so ex extremely well and she was able to have, you know, uh, fastings up to sometimes 20 hours, maybe a little bit more, not every day because she wouldn't have been eating any uh, anything at all at some times. But she'd really managed to do well on this side. And then all of a sudden it dropped. And, you know, she found that she was starting to feel down about herself. So I said to her, with regards to one of the techniques I use, and again, it's like uh, we say start low, go slow. Well, we learned that saying from third wave and it applies to so many things. Is I said, just if you, if you can, just give yourself 15 minutes of resisting having that, um chocolate bar or resist give give yourself that 15 minutes to half an hour 
of saying, I'm just going to fast for an extra 15 minutes and then I can have my lunch. And what she did is she started to introduce it in 30 minute segments. And it didn't feel like it was this big pressure thing. She thought, I've got half an hour now, I can just go and you know run the hoover around the house. And, and she found that she was able then to get herself back on track because it didn't feel like this big, massive thing that she had to get back on track with and overcome. So I think that's really important part of our conversation is, you know, it is important to to just bring these changes in and be consistent with them in in a small way. And then you can grow and expand upon it rather than some people I know that they say, right, I'm going to start going to the gym every single um, day, Monday to Friday, and I'm going to do my online shops and I'm going to meditate every day for 20 minutes. And, and basically they just end up feeling massively overwhelmed and then they don't do anything. Yeah, that's a, exactly the recipe for anyone to quit. <laughs> it is. <laughs> what a lovely way to put it. So overwhelming. Because this is something I, I weaved into my journals. It's like up to three goals per year. Long-term goals. You can have shorter-term shorter goals. Um, and I have people sign a contract to themselves of the most important intention for themselves for the year. So if anything falls apart, it doesn't matter if you don't do all the rest of the things you said at New Year's you're gonna do, like forget about New Year's resolutions, just do this intention for the rest of the year, consistency, this is all it takes. So stick with one and try to regulate one intention. Say if it is the gym, go to the gym three times a week for three months, and if that's working out, of course, you can miss, you know, miss a day or two every now and then. But once you feel like that's now a habit, you can start with a second intention. Yeah. But don't try to do everything all at once. No. That's such a recipe for failure. I love the way you say that recipe for failure. There was one journal, actually. I know you, you're a journal lover yourself. And this particular journal said, write down 20 things that you want to manifest in this year. And I was like, oh, my God, that felt overwhelming. But I did it anyway because I thought, well, I like to learn new techniques. And then once I'd written down these 20 things, it said, right, now circle your top three, which is you've just um, reminded me of this process. And I was like, oh, OK, that feels better. So I circled the top three. And then it said, right, now completely bin the rest as if they don't exist. Because what you want to do is you want to take your mm. focus to those three things so that you're not kind of like, uh, you know, bringing in the word scattered minds, that beautiful book of Gabbles. You know, you're not scattering your energy all over the place and you can really bring your focus. And this is another thing with self-regulation techniques. It does help with focus. It does help you to connect more to your own intuition. You're able to connect more with your own inner compass. So you'll inherently know whether something feels right for you, whether it doesn't. Because when you activate your parasympathetic nervous system, you're more in tune with yourself. And of course, the uh, mastering manifestation, if you like, is learning to read your own energetic field to know whether you are in alignment or out of alignment. But just mm -hmm. kind of like starting to wrap up, uh, Alex, um, I know we've, we've got a few more minutes left, but I really wanted to create space for you to share about um, the the trauma and for some of uh, my podcasts I mentioned how important it is to do the deeper work the shadow work the trauma work because without that it doesn't matter how much of this other work you do you're never really going to be able to you know reach that deeper place of peace expand your consciousness you know radiate this higher vibrational energy and frequency so from your perspective why is trauma-informed work so important yeah it's um we we don't know that 
most of who we are was created in childhood and there, we react more than we act. There's an amazing quote by Carl Jung. He said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will run your life and you will call it fate. And that's what trauma-informed work does. It's that deeper layer that we become conscious to all these um, coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms and all these automatic reactions to our buttons being pushed and we take a step back and understand oh I react this way because of that thing that happened but awareness of the thing that happened is not enough it's kind of like reparenting so you go back you give yourself what you needed to receive you validate the feeling you're not telling yourself oh I should know better and I've done so much work on myself already and I, I'm still not getting it and I'm still reacting in these ways it's like it takes compassion that's why I'm, I'm training compassion inquiry right now when when we approach things with compassion our own selves uh then then the healing work happens there's so much to be said on yes. this and I don't wanna go on a huge like tandem <laughs> Well, you've done amazing because you're, you know, and I think what you've said is exactly it in a nutshell, you know, and I, I love the way that you come back to that compassion. Uh, the reason why I love that so much is because, you know, that's something that I've really had to learn to go to the past me's, you know, my, my inner child. Uh, at some point, we can we can talk a little bit more about parts work, which I know you and I are both very enthusiastic about, but we won't, we won't have time to really give it you know, the, the credit and the space that it deserves. So maybe we'll come back and do another um, show on that one. But I know that when I have gone back uh, to the little parts of me that have been traumatized or her and given her what she has needed, I have felt incredible healing. One example was in my previous marriage, I was um, having an emotional experience and what I really needed at that time was my husband just to come and hold me and give me a hug. But, you know, he had his own stuff going on. He didn't really know how to do that for himself, let alone anyone else. And I had my head on the kitchen cupboard and I've, I had these huge tears just dropping onto the kitchen counter. It felt so painful that he wasn't able to see my pain. But at that point, I'd been doing a lot of work on inner child work and, you know, um, a few other modalities. And I just went into the toilet, sobbing my heart out. I sat on the toilet and I gave uh, the, the my little inner me the biggest hug. I was managed to able to kind of relate back to it. that part of me was five years old. I was like, you know, well, what what is it from him that I need that I'm not getting? I was able to give that to myself. I mean, he must have thought I was a complete weirdo because I walked into the bathroom <laughs> an absolute wreck and I came out so calm and I felt amazing so there's so many different self-regulation techniques you know and when we are able to learn things like inner child work and loads of other amazing modalities breath work um, yoga pilates or you know I really love um qigong that's uh, an energy work um sorry the physical that I really enjoy doing you know we are able to become real masters of our journey Alex aren't we yeah absolutely uh, I've had a very similar situation happen to me recently um I I got into a very small silly fight with my husband and uh, I felt so hurt and then I knew from what I know now that it wasn't about him. 
because trauma is being a prisoner of childhood. I was being a child. Something from my childhood was there. So I realized I was really hurt. And I realized I, I managed to take a step back and see who he is, which is a lovely guy who I choose to be with. And that it's not him that I should be angry and feel that, oh, you hurt me because you uncovered this wound that I never healed. So instead of blaming him for doing that, I was able to just be with the pain. That's that's all I needed to do. It's yeah. like, happened, it's not your fault. I'm reacting in this way for such a silly thing. And you don't need to soothe me. I just need to be with the pain. And to bring it back to the self-regulation, I don't need to eat chocolate either, which I would have done in the past. You know, I can just sit here and feel the pain and welcome the pain. This is where the parts work comes in and and tell it to take as as much space as it wants to take. And it's fine. I can take it. I just want to get to know it. I can just be here and have the pain be here as well. I don't need to yell at my husband. I don't need to get into a fight. I don't need to continue the fight. I don't need to eat chocolate. I don't need to scroll on Instagram. I'll just sit here and feel it. And that's that's how healing happens. And that's the the self-regulation piece. And again, I love it because it's when you feel you heal. And I, I didn't really understand what that meant until I started to allow myself really be present with these feelings and with this pain. I mean, I'm an, um, an EFT practitioner. So over the years in my coaching practice, I've used emotional freedom technique to help a lot of my clients overcome emotional blocks and, you know, kind of like tap into the real reason why they might be doing things and had amazing results as a result of it. But the biggest thing that I've noticed is, yes, these acupressure points, they they are associated with trauma and fear and guilt and all those kind of negative emotions. But what the what every single person has said is that they haven't tried to run away from the pain because what EFT does is it helps them to feel it and talk about it in an open container where they can express it in a way that's not trying to make it go away. It just goes away on its own. So that's another technique. Some people, it works for some, it doesn't work for others. But, you know, what you said there about allowing yourself to feel like we haven't been, well, for me, certainly, and a lot of people that I've worked with, they haven't been taught that it's okay, that what emotions are and that it and to be comfortable with feeling them. So it's this massive alien terrain for a lot of people when it comes to emotions. But those people listening yeah. to the show, mm-hmm. that's where we need to go if we really want to activate this higher vibrational life that we, you know, are kind of on the search to create. We need to know how to heal and we need to know how to feel. And then that in turn will help us to heal. So um, Alex, I have put your details in the show notes with your permission. Um, if do you want to just share how people can get hold of you, just for those who might be driving right now, like how can they get hold of you? And what's the best way to contact you if they would like to know more about your work? Um, any of those, which is Instagram, LinkedIn, email, and my website. Uh, website is coming soon. Depends on the release date of this podcast episode. <laughs> I've been revamping. Um, but I think the easiest way to connect with me is through Instagram, which is the Alex experience. Because I don't claim to know everything in this world. I just I, everything I coach and everything I teach and guide people through is through the lens of my experience, which is, you know, 
mainly a lot of personal development and healing. Um, I, I studied psychology and I felt like that did not teach me anything about what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I kind of went instead of the studying way, the experience, experience, experiential way. So that's where kind of the name emerged. Well, I love so that's that. What, and that's, that's how I found, you know, terrible at anything academic. You know, I came out of school yeah. with no expectations whatsoever. Mind you, when I really love something, then I can really apply myself. But I think like you, I learn from and through experience. And I think that that really helps us to somatically understand the journey, which I think actually it creates more of a qualification than a piece of paper. Um, but Alex, it's been so lovely to have you on here today, my love. Your wisdom has just been so deeply inspiring and enriching. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come and share your wisdom today. Please listen out for when Alex and I are going to be releasing our course together. Alex, any final words before we end the show? I'm just so grateful for you, Salar. I'm so happy our paths have crossed in life. And yeah, I can't wait for our future conversations from this point onwards. I know there's going to be a ton of them. <laughs> well, just from today, I've written down loads of things that I'd love for us to um, share and explore together. So thank you again, Alex. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to tune in. Um, you can reach out to me, Solara, at solarastar.com. Do let us know on Instagram, you know, what, what your biggest takeaway from the show was, if you have any questions, because that's something we can then answer in future podcasts, future episodes, rather. Um, in the meantime, sending you all loads and loads of love, and I look forward to being back with you the same time next week. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Solara Star will be back next week with great insights into the law of attraction. In the meantime, please visit solarastar.com.